hands on deck, Miss Garvey made it Cause we're going to set sail Poise the colours, man the cannons Cause it's time to plunder and kill Yar, har, we're a pirate We go wherever we please While in combat we are awesome We're in all the seven seas Yo, ho, ho, and a box of love from Wave your hands goodbye to the landlubber scum Yo, ho, ho, and a box of love from Wave your hands goodbye to the landlubber scum Pirates we are born, pirates we still be We live on our ship, out on the sea We rain and plunder every war, no gets in our way That's what happens in an average pirate day Welcome back, Buckrose, to the podcast. I've got the full panel with me today, Bryce, Zach, and John. Guys, let's talk Buckbowl right away. Week two, we go into New Orleans. We beat the Saints finally regular season. Uh, first time since 2018. And you got to be feeling good after a win like that to shut up the Saints and push them around a little bit, as we saw with Mike Evans. How do you guys feel after the game? Much better. Uh, I mean, it's great to get that monkey off our back, uh, get Brady a win against the Saints in a Bucks uniform, uh, get us one of our first regular season wins against them, I, I believe, since 2017. And I, I feel so much better. As ugly as the game was, um, it was hard fought, and I, I think it's one that we needed. And getting a 2-0, uh, that just, that's the best part so far. Yeah, that was one of the more intense games I can remember watching. Um, yeah, not a great game for uh, for offensive purposes, right? It was 3-3 three, three going into the fourth. But a very intense, big-time win against New Orleans uh, division opponent. We're 1-0 in the division, 2-0 overall. Um, really another great, strong performance from the defense. Yeah, pushed him around a little bit, pushed him around a lot if you're Mike Evans. It was great to see. Glad we got the win down on the bayou. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, about time. We will get a regular season win. Uh, I mean, it definitely had shades of the last time we played them in the regular season. It was just no points anywhere, but turn it on in the end. Get a little jolt from Mike. Came out on top. Yeah, we definitely got the monkey off our back for sure. And definitely pushed them in their back. Let's talk about that Mike Evans fight. That was definitely the turning point in my mind. And I think everybody thinks it was as well. Uh, I think we were down 3 nothing, or at least tied 3-3. And then, as Zach said, we turned it on late, especially after that fight. Uh, turning point for you guys, why do you think that was the momentum swing? Why do you think that's what we needed right there? For me, I it felt like a, a like an old-school baseball manager uh, getting thrown out of the game. We used to see that happen a lot with, with Madden and the Rays. And I think it rallied the team a little bit and, and gave us something to, to coalesce around. Uh, watching... Evans get in the ref's face and say, hey, that's Tom Brady. What do you want me to do? You can't just let him come in there and push my guy around, push my quarterback, get in his face. And it was a blown call. And the refs are making bad calls all game. And the Saints like to get chippy. They like to act tough and then act surprised when people get that way back to them. I mean, he's a, this is still the bounty gate team. This is still a, you know, a, a team where their coach used to go out and help hide child molesters for the church. Like, this is a bad team in a bad organization from the ground up. And then they want to act surprised when people get physical with them back. And it felt good to see us do that to them. And uh, that, that was, that was the best part of the game easily. And even if he does end up getting the one game suspension, I know he's appealing it now. I think it's well-deserved. Take the one game suspension, take the win, 
at the Saints on the road, get that get that done, and just deal with that one game suspension. Lattimore on his back deserved it, and that's what they get. Alleged, yeah. uh, alleged. All of all of those accusations against Sean Payton and his visor suit combo are alleged. We just we can't bring up the Saints on any for future podcasts and just be the team who can't be named because God's just gonna yeah. make wicked allegations. Yeah, I mean Bountygate is fair play. I mean, that's, there's a yeah, okay, all yeah, of, all of this discussion. <laughs> Bountygate, fair game, John, proven. I mean, it. I, I completely agree with you guys, and you know, and, that, and there's something to be said for that. It's very hard to just assume when you're dealing with the Catholic Church. Um, you know, they, they've obviously oh, okay. never been. Right. Okay. 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 We're, We're just gonna hit a big so pause on right this. I, okay, no, Mike Evans hit. I, I mentioned it, it. I mentioned it before we were recording the Russian sleeper cell thing. I, I really do believe Jameis, his like lizard brain, thought he was on the Bucks again, and then all of that started to come back. Oh, Mike Evans just laid out Lattimore for getting in a quarterback's face. I've been in this game before. I need to throw interceptions now. I literally think it just it put him in a weird, like mental pretzel, and he couldn't get out of it. And then it's just pick, 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 garbage. I kind of want to see that 2017 after Mike Evans pushed Lattimore and see Jameis' performance back then after that happened. I, I mean, it'd be interesting. Picks. I will say um, it was a really interesting juxtaposition to. To see the two incidents, obviously they got played all you know since the, that happened. But uh, like the, the Brady getting fired up and the intensity that, that before that moment, and Jameis's little like third grader like finger tap on the helmet of Lattimore, I, really sums up the difference between those two quarterbacks mentally, Wasn't physically. Wasn't Jameis injured that ge- that game? He was on the sideline. He wasn't playing, right? So yes. Yeah. <laughs> was he injured in that finger? So a better performance in that game than Correct. in Correct. Yeah, his game. performance uh, that yeah. day was better than the performance in the fourth quarter of this game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just think it's clear that this team has frustrated us for seasons upon seasons. Um, obviously, since Tom Brady's been here, he hasn't beat them in the regular season. And you saw all that frustration. The first part of the game – that two point was very chippy. It was very physical. Um, not a whole lot of space for our receivers. I, I know we've got a lot of injuries on the receiving core right now, but um, we weren't getting in a lot of space. Running game really wasn't working. The offense in general wasn't working. You could clearly see Brady was frustrated as he was throwing helmets and tablets on the sideline. And all of that uh, frustration was let out there on that push of Mike Evans' push on Lattimore. And I think it really kind of said, all right, enough. Enough is enough. This team is not better than we are. Let's go get it, this boys. Let's go dominate the fourth quarter. And, you know, to your point, Jameis may have triggered something and saw that and it triggered something in his brain. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. I am supposed to throw interceptions to the other team. Um, but we got it done. Defense, you know, caused, what, three or four turnovers in the fourth quarter. Really changed the game. We scored 14 points off of turnovers in the fourth quarter. Obviously, that was the game there. Um, yeah, just, uh, it was really a spark for the team, in my opinion, of just saying, okay, enough's enough. Let's let our frustrations out and let's go get this done. Like Devin said, right? Like they knew he was going to give us the ball, right? Like, uh, of course he played Jameis once already and he looked good before he tore his ACL. But, uh, I think that first, as much as Mike's obviously Mike thing, jolt of energy, but that first pick, I think woke the defense up to be like, I know this guy, like these, we can jump these routes. 
we can fluster him. I mean, they were harassing him. I think he was sacked like six times. I mean, they were obviously getting after him. But the defense, I think, also finally, like David said, remembered like who he was the last time he played for us. And uh, it was nice to see them maybe get some some uh, pent up frustration out on the on him. Actually, he was sacked eight times. Only six counted. Two were called off for penalties. Uh, he had been he had been getting crushed, and he was bailed out. the The Saints were actually bailed out several times by bad penalties. That game should have been a lot uglier and gone the other way very fast. And I think part of the the issue with the fight as well was that it caused the teams to play a little bit more conservative um, because they didn't want to continue to get personal foul penalties, which really opened up the game for us. Penalties were frustrating so much. Oh. I mean, last week we were really well coached. That's, I said it, right? Like we only had like 25 yards, like 100 yards of penalties. And they were okay, Those unnecessary costly. roughness calls, those are I understand. so bad. I mean, they're I understand. just terrible call on both sides. Uh, the two it, against the Bucks and the and the water. I think there was one against the Saints. Yeah. I mean, I understand what the NFL is trying to accomplish by taking out those kind of low um, helmet to helmet hits, but I mean, come on, man! Like those are those were nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's a point of hits. emphasis. Yeah, uh, those like pylon ridiculous. hits. And They're getting and guys on were, the follow up. Both of those, like if a sack was a third down that got advanced the ball for them, and then it was stopping them on a third down pass, and then advanced the ball. I mean, if um, Jameis knows how to throw a ball to somebody or excuse me, I think James was trying to run the ball and Winfield suck them right. Otherwise they're in field goal range on that point in time could be a six, nothing game at the half instead. Um, in any case. Yeah. I, I hope that those calls will, I mean, I, I got, I guess we're going to be a uh, point of emphasis going forward. Hopefully we don't uh, lose a game or two due to one of those calls going forward. Yeah. I guess that was one of the worst officiated games on both sides that I saw that uh, Levante David personal foul. And even the one that happened against Braid uh, on their player, I thought was just, oh my God, it was, it was frustrating. Like Zach said, I couldn't believe some of the calls that were being made. Uh, Ticky tacky. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do understand, like, I think sometimes there's validity to that when a guy is going down and then that next guy follows up and you're like, okay, all right. Like, is that necessary? But to do it like blatantly on these are, just uh it's like a hard and fast rule like you can't come in like a second after or we're gonna ding you it was all all weekend or all sunday rather you were seeing those calls across the league before we move on any other comments you want to make about the catholic jerk or church john uh <laughs> we can add no. to our promo no I, I i apologize for that tangent i uh you I just hate silent, saints. like all the bishops were and priests uh, as the... yeah <laughs> All right, we're going to go to the next game. So the Buccaneers take on, this is one of, again, one of our previewed games has, was the uh, season opener. This is the home opener for the Bucks. The Packers come into town at 425 this Sunday, fresh off their win against the Bears. The uh, uh, Bears. The uh, Bears. And, you know, they don't get helped out by the rain this time, unfortunately. But... Packers looking good, having a bit of life after the win. Aaron Rodgers, though, struggles at Raymond James. How do you guys see this one coming out? I know we've got our season preview. What do you guys think are the keys to the game? Uh, I mean, just, uh, you know, so he's going to be hungover or strung out or whatever, right? So I think 
uh, just hope it's hot. Like hope he's got a lot of like toxins he's sweating out and he just feels as bad as he looks. I think that that'll be really helpful if he's just in a terrible physical and mental state. You know, and his <laughs> his stats from this past week, this past weekend, do not really tell the whole story. He's got two passing touchdowns, and one of them was very clearly a run. Like handing the ball off just because you tossed it with both hands does not make it a passing touchdown. He still does not look very good. The only reason they started to really extend their lead against the Bears late was that the Bears defense just got gassed. And they were also getting killed uh, by the officiating. They had one really bad call on the goal line. That kind of stuff led to a win that in a game that should have been much closer. The Packers still, to me, and Aaron Rodgers still to me, do, do not look for real. I think this game does not tell the whole story, and I would much rather play them at one and one than zero oh and two. I think Aaron Rodgers coming into town zero oh and two would be more dangerous. But one and one, I think we can expose them for what they are this season, which is a mid-tier NFC team. He still really doesn't have the weapons that he has. Sammy Watkins is really the only target that he has. Um, as long as we can keep Jones controlled, I I just don't foresee this being a very easy easy win for them. Uh, Rodgers is going to get harassed all weekend. Yeah, I think the Bears are who we thought they were, not a very good team, and a team that Aaron Rodgers himself has admitted he owns, right? So to your point, John, I don't think we learned a lot from this Packers team based on that win in Chicago. Um, And I don't know if we know what they're going to be like just after two weeks. Uh, They are one and one. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he hasn't looked great, but he is still Aaron Rodgers. He's still as dangerous of a quarterback as anyone will play this season. And I think to John's point, the key of the game is just kind of what it's been for or for the Bucs all season so far is a dominant defensive performance. Uh, keep getting after Rodgers. We got after him the last time he played in Raymond James. Um, you know, keep, you know, turning the ball over. Turnovers are a major point for that game as well. So I think the defense keeps playing to the level that they're playing. And if we can get the offense to be a little bit more efficient, particularly on third down. I think we need to convert some more third downs. We've been a terrible third down offense this season so far. I think it's a mixture, obviously, of injuries and some conservative play calling on Brian Leftwich's part. I'd like to see us open the playbook a little bit more. Uh, Obviously, though, that might be in time as, you know, Brady gets accustomed with his new receivers. And we got a new one now in Cole Beasley that will be playing uh, probably uh, this Sunday. So, but yeah, I just, again, I really do think it just boils down to defense. Keep playing at the level you're playing and we should be fine and we should win this game. Yeah. Specifically the run defense. I mean, I know, you know, the Saints have put up a lot of points. Uh, part of that's probably, they kind of, they didn't stick to the run. They were getting five yards to carry. I think just the Jameis aspect of pushing the ball, especially once you're behind, but the Packers ran the ball really well. They averaged over five a carry. They ran the ball over 30 times. Like both Dylan and Jones were close to 20 carries. So, you know, Aaron didn't throw the ball a lot to begin with. Granted, doesn't have really anyone to throw to, but they leaned on the ground game. We, I think, for the first time, I mean, small sample, but uh, the Falcons ran the ball, or the Falcons, the Saints ran the ball when they wanted to. They got away from it, but they were at five yards a, a carry. So that concerns me. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see us shore that up because I think the Packers will come into the game thinking run the ball because it worked really well. Didn't work against Minnesota. I mean, but when they stuck to it, 
they were destroying that game on the ground. So whatever Todd can do to try to fill the gaps, you know, make sure Vita's extra wide and just slow him down. I, I don't think I don't think the Packers can win relying on Aaron because aside from the fact that he is probably not going to be sober, he doesn't have anyone to throw to. So just make them one-dimensional by ideally taking away the one thing they do good, right? The Belichick aspect, find their best thing and just eliminate it. That would be what I hope Todd is doing in preparation. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree, Zach, on that. I wanted to say that, you know, looking at that uh, Sunday night game, it looked like Aaron Jones had his way and they're going to be looking to emphasize the run. So I think with our DBs, we can afford to stack the box, maybe put Winfield in there um, and try to eliminate that side of the ball and force Aaron Rodgers to beat us in, in single coverage. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, one of the big ones is just stay healthy, guys. I mean, we look like we're dropping like flies. Uh, we got the wide receivers. You know, Julio Jones didn't play last game. Chris Godwin isn't playing. Mike Evans is now suspended. So, um, but also on the offensive line, you know, we had our third string never played a down uh, left tackle in the game last game, and he's going to be starting again. So. Let's just stay healthy, not take any injuries, uh, prepare for a long season. But I like your take. Definitely stop the run. This is going to be a focus. And I think yeah. it's something that we do much better than the Bears anyways. We, 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 are, we are clearly the better defense. And I'm going to – and so much so that I'm going to step over Bryce to prove my point. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> the, the, it, it's just something that we're going to do much better. And I think on the other side of the ball, we need to do the same thing, which is just run it down their throat. They also gave up almost 200 yards on the ground. And that's something I think we need to go to. If we're going to have injured wide receivers, if we're going to have guys out on suspension, if we're going to bring in retreads like Cole Beasley, then we need to go to the ground. We need to see what we have in Rashad White and some of these other young kids that we've got playing behind Leonard Fournette and just pound the rock and see and see what we can do. And I like to see Scotty Miller, uh, a little bit of those sweeps and, and design runs that that he was trying to do, which is really what they were doing with Jones all all weekend for the on the Packers side of the ball as well. Yeah, I mean, that was going to be my point too, John, is I, I think the um, formula for the Bucks on the offensive side of the ball will be very similar too. just pound the ball, uh, control the um, clock by running the ball a lot, get Lenny going early, uh, keep him going throughout the whole game. Uh, and then, yeah, I would like to see maybe, some, again, like I had mentioned, some more creativity, if it, whether it's in the run game or in the pass game, to kind of get the receivers more involved and to get a rapport with Brady, obviously, I think you're going to see a little bit more of the playbook open as our receivers get back healthy. Uh, so to Ryan's point, yeah, I would do agree that let's just stay healthy. Um, let's get through this one. Hopefully, Evans, maybe the appeal takes longer than Sunday and he's available there or the, they rescind the appeal. I mean, you can knock on wood, but either way, you know, um, it, the object, obviously, it's a long season, right? So the objective would be to get everybody healthy and ready to go into the playoffs. Should we be in that position, which we look like, which right now looks like very real possibility going forward. I was disappointed with how ineffective Lenny was running the ball because the Falcons ran for like 200. Didn't like Cordero have like almost like 200 himself. Like he was balling out against the Saints. And then Lenny, I mean, we gave him the ball a ton. He had over 20 carries, but I was like under three a uh, touch. Like uh, 
I was upset that we didn't run the ball better, and I mean, it's probably just the injuries on the line that they don't have cohesion as yeah, a his, unit. His stat line was 24 carries for 65 yards for a that doesn't get the job done. Average of 2.7 yards a carry. In, that's in a healthy no punt, is what that is. Yeah, yeah, that's that's three attempts and a punt. So I mean, hopefully, I, w- I mean, we ran the ball really well week one. In week two against a team that had just been exposed, we struggled. So uh, to me, the only thing that causes that is that line. So hopefully a good week of practice. We don't have a travel day, which will be really nice that we can just stay at home. Everyone can chill. No one's breathing recycled air on a plane. Everyone should be feeling really good. Hopefully they can run the ball. I mean, I always want to run the ball. So I, I hope they do a good job of it this week. I'd I like that Lenny's getting over 20 every game. Bit, like, Leftwich, for some reason, always wants to run the ball on first down. It's pretty predictable. They get That's into that the big jumbo set, and you know exactly who's getting the ball and where it's going. So, hopefully, there's a little bit more, of, like I said, creativity or mix, mixture of these run packages so that it's a little bit more effective um, and defenses can't just, you know, stack the box and know, hey, on first down, they're running the ball. The it does feel like it's seasons, setting up for something, but like we don't have a stretch to field guy last week. And especially after Mike is out, like I think if Julio can suit up, I don't know what is where Chris is at and his recovery on a new or re-aggravation or whatever. But uh, if Julio can suit up, because Julio had that long catch in week one, it does like we run the ball 20 plus times. It's, yeah, it's setting up for a shot. I don't, Paramount is bricks for hands. I don't know where Gage is. Scotty can only catch a pass in Green Bay, so I don't know who's who's catching the deep shot, but God knows we're set up for it. We're on the ball 24 times with Lenny. I, I, I think over the last two seasons, one of the things we have seen from Byron Leftwich is that we do not use the majority of our trick plays, our design plays, the, the expansion of our playbook until late in the season. That was one of the reasons we were able to beat the Saints in the playoffs is that we had almost what looked like a whole new playbook for that game. We played them very predictably the first two times. And then in the playoffs, we were able to to dial up some designs that we had never seen before. So I I just don't expect to see that this this early. This I don't know why that would change this weekend, I guess is my point. I think you can expect to see incredibly predictable play. As much as I, I agree with you, Bryce, I would like to see something. Yeah, no, I... I, I don't disagree. I, I agree. It's a long season. Don't show your entire hand at the third game of the season. Save some of those plays for a playoff game or an important division game or important playoff, you know, implication game, if you will. But in any case, right, it, it would be nice to see a little bit more creativity as we're going forward, particularly against an opponent that we probably will see again in the playoffs should we make it. And to to that point uh, about, you know, ha- having someone who can take the top off of a defense and, and really give us something to, to stretch, this would be a great time to have a guy like Tyler Johnson. You know, where where are our receivers? Where is Mason Rudolph? We went in, he was supposed to be like our biggest splash signing of the offseason besides Akeem Hicks. Mason Rudolph's the quarterback, Kyle Rudolph. Not Kyle Rudolph. Oh, yeah. and Mason has a dent in his head. Signing of this Wait, season. Was, was Mason Rudolph the one who got beaten with his own helmet? Yeah, he's yes. got a dent yeah. in his head. Yes. Yeah. yes, he is. That's it. No, I, we should have got him. But no, I, I just don't <laughs> understand. I, I just don't understand where these where are these guys? Where where are they? If we're lacking offensive weapons, if we're lacking 
receiving targets for Tom Brady. Where where are these guys? Injured. They're injured. Yeah, they're injured. injured. Powered off is injured. Well, suspended and or injured. Evans is suspended. Godwin's injured. Julio's injured. Uh, Gage has been ineffective so far, but he's going to be ineffective when he's the number one option, um, at least going for like for right now, right? Um, so that's to Ryan's point. Like you know, once this team is healthy, yeah, you'll see the receivers. So you know who's healthy? Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson. Yeah, he's healthy. playing for the Texans. Even OJ Howard had a touchdown, I believe, in Week One. Two. Yeah, two, two. touchdowns. Yeah, two so... tunnies. He didn't in week two. <laughs> he didn't do shit in week two. <laughs> I just it 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 pains me to see guys we let walk just to bring in more scrubs and retreads. It, at this point, it really wouldn't even surprise me if someone like Edelman showed up to just bring the age up and the the geriatricness around. I I would like to see some belief that we know we're gonna have a team after Tom Brady's gone, but it does not appear that that's what we're setting up for. At least Edelman could sell Rogers some drugs and get him, you know, hopped up for the game. Did, you know, I did mean, you see them do the Iowa Tom Brady team though, celebration? Concerned about life after Tom Brady. Like you signed Tom Brady because you're trying to win now. So even if his wife is thinking about life after time after Tom Brady. His name isn't Tyler Johnson. Uh, you're gonna sign him. So that's that's just what's going on. Now to your point, once he leaves, yeah, we probably will have a pretty barren cupboard. And we're going to go back to having some terrible seasons as we try to refill it. Uh, but for now, uh, what Tom Brady wants, Tom Brady gets. I think we all agree that the offense a little more right now. I mean, we got, what, 39 points through the first two games. The Bills scored more than that on Monday night. So I think we're all in agreement. But let me give you a little bit of love to the defense here, all right? We've basically shut out two teams now we got three points and 10 points with the late touchdown against Mike Thomas it does feel to Bryce's point last episode like that old gritty team back in the day in your face defense not, not getting any yards after the catch I gotta I, I love it man I love seeing a dominant defense and it kind of reminds me of like Peyton Manning swan song back in 2015 you know with where they're coming at from on a defensive perspective uh it just looks like a light out, lights out defense. Tom Brady knows what he's doing. He doesn't have to do as much as he used to. Um, Peyton was a little bit more physical. Tom seems to be a little bit more mental. It seems like the physicality is still there. But, man, the defense looks lights out. I'm excited for the season if they keep up at this pace. Yeah, totally agree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Outstanding. And to your – like. It does remind us a little bit of, you know, those 2015 Broncos that had an elite defense and an aging quarterback. But I think, you know, we drafted so heavily and invested a lot on the defensive side of the ball. Now you're seeing that kind of come to fruition. Vita Vea, uh, Shaq Barrett is a signing, right? Uh, you got Levante David as the elder statesman. Uh, the Devin White, top five pick. Uh, how many picks have we used on our secondary, right? Carlton Davis, Jamal Dean, uh, Antoine Winfield, uh, Mike Edwards, right? All those guys are balling. And it's kind of great to see that, hey, all that investment has turned into this really nasty unit that's getting after everybody. I hope they can keep it up because it, it has been a pleasure to watch. Really fun to watch that defense fly around. Yeah, they do the buckle up celebration a lot on defense. I do like watching the strap in. 
I do like that. I mean, I guess, yeah, Devin's like horse riding thing is, is what it is. I think it looks super sussy, but whatever he loves doing it. <laughs> I I love the defense. I, I mean, my, my favorite Bucks players my entire life have all, all been defensive players. Right now, e- easily my favorite player on the team is Anton Winfield Jr. I think he has been dynamite this season. Uh, he was huge last season. I think he's got such such a high ceiling. Our defense is incredible. We have 10 sacks through two games. And I don't expect that to slow down going into this game either. I think that's going to be the the key to the game is just going to be to crush Aaron Rodgers, shake him up. And I think that's something that we're going to be able to do much better than the Vikings were able to, or much better than the Bears were able to do. Our our defense is, the reason we're talking so much about our offense is because our defense is so dominant right now. And that's, that's Bucks football. That, that's Bucks football that, that, you know, we remember is that just dominant defense. And I, I love it. I, I love it. I love watching quarterbacks go down. Yeah. And Joe Jerry Vicious not your Super favorite Bowl player, run, bro. Right? Our Super Bowl run was really predicated off of that defense really getting after three elite quarterbacks. So here we go. Our, you know, I would say Aaron Rodgers is still in that elite category. And I think, yeah, we're going to get after him. He's and league MVP. Do, it's going to be a long day for him. So we're bringing back the new, uh, the old segment, I guess, in this case. Uh, impact players, fantasy players on the Bucks this week. So with the Packers coming to town, let's start with Zach over there on the end. Zach, who is your impact player for the Bucks this week? Hmm. Uh, I mean, I'll just take the Bucks defense, I guess, since that's been a wagon all season as well. Just go with the hot hand. Eat your heart out, John. I'm also going to go with the Bucks defense. No, you can't do that <laughs> shit. No, 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 no. You got to pick Julio Jones and hope he suits up. All right. You know what? I started Julio Jones and the Bucks defense this past week, and I'm going to start him again. Julio Jones, two touchdowns, 145 yards through the air. Julio Jones is going to be the leading receiver this week in the NFL fantasy wise. Oh, oh. Market, market Julio Jones. Well, I really hope he starts then, John, and hope he's healthy. But uh, I will go, you know, I'd like to do the defense, too. I thought that, that no. was my choice. Right, pick me first. With Sorry. that said, I will go with Leonard Fournette. I think he has another solid day at the office. Um, I will go ahead and say he gets at least a tutty in 100 yards. Um, so, fantasy owners, if you got him, start him. And we've mentioned it on this show for the first two weeks. With our third down struggles, this guy single-handedly crushed me in week one. Ryan Suckup is going to be my <laughs> pick because we have not been putting the ball in the end zone. I know. I know. I don't want to pick him, but Suckup's been crushing it. Uh, he missed He missed one. That's it. So, uh, Given that trend, I'm actually going to pick the Bucks strength and conditioning coaches <laughs> since they've been doing a great job this year, really helping the offense stay healthy and, and active. So. As long as I don't have to see the ayahuasca tea celebration that they did in the end zone, I I just can't tolerate that. Honestly, if you want to know the truth, and the announcers well, that didn't was get cringy. It. <laughs> yeah, stupid. You just got to spit and in his third eye. I um, you know, but I don't know. If he'd have been smoking pot, he'd have been suspended for ten games. I just don't. It's it's just not fair. You know what I mean? That. I can't tell if it's a race thing or if it's a league thing or what it is, but he's just getting away with being a blatant drug addict and user 
Whereas so many other players were punished so heavily for that for so many years. I just find it completely unacceptable that the league is so accepting of him being a drug addict. And I guess that's point. It's like, uh, you know, picture by picture of Tom Brady with his like now deflated face and uh, bugged out Aaron Rodgers and said, kids, it's not worth it. Eat ice cream. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That was pretty good. The Brady Real Housewife look is is unsettling. I feel bad. Um, yeah. Did Rodgers have to claim his Percocet prescription with the NFL? Like, does he have to claim that? Like, or is he just allowed to talk openly about playing games on Percocet? I can't drive on Percocet, right? Like, but he can go out there and play football. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's a it's one of those things, and I think you make a valid point. I did try to watch a little bit more of you know, his skin tone and what he looks like on the sidelines after what you said week one. And he does look rough. He looks he terrible. He looks he so not, bad. He does he's 45. Not he's got a lot of shit going on, all right? He ain't 45. Rogers he's not 45. Rodgers, yeah. <laughs> he's no. not even 40, right? He's 39? Yeah. I mean, Brady he looks 60, even... but... Oh, oh, you're talking about Aaron? Yeah. I thought you were talking about Aaron. Brady. Yeah. No, Brady's Brady way too clean. Brady's got a lot of shit going yeah, on, he's... too. Yeah, Brady's shit that, is experimental. Like, yeah, Brady's sucking stem cells, but I mean that he's not getting high on perks. Yeah, crack open Peyton Manning and suck the stem cells right out of it. <laughs> uh, like that, like that South Park with Gene Hackman. That's every time I think it sounded <laughs> yeah. it was like Chris Reeves. Stem cells yeah. are great. <laughs> you can't stop me, Hackman. Um, yeah. So I really want to see us crush the Packers this weekend. That's what I'm looking forward to more than anything. It's just, cr- if if we go in there and crush them, this season could be mediocre to me, but that would really cheer me up. Beating the Saints and then beating the Packers, that's going to that's gonna cheer me up. Um, I, I would really just love to see it. Yeah, man, it's shaping up to be a good one, and uh, I'm looking forward to it as well. Well, hoping we crush the Packers, and we're already off to a good start. Two and zero, three and zero would be great. I think we all thought at the start of the season that the beginning of the season was going to be a tough stretch, and to come out even at two and two would be great. We've got two wins now. Let's go for that third one. So shaping up to be a great game, Buck Bros, and we hope that you guys are watching it with us. So I'll end this episode with the Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Minus two. Minus two. Call it how it is. Hit it. Pose and swear, swear. Hit it. Yo. Percocet. Miley Percocet. Percocet. Miley Percocet. Represent. Gotta represent. Chase a chick. Never chase a chick. No mask on. Get mask on. Mask on. Get mask on. Percocet. Miley Percocet. Chase a chick. Never chase a chick.